All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith. And you know, I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I believe we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or even influence us are not just salespeople. There are great humans throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, I'm excited for this guest. This is someone who absolutely is a salesperson, been a salesperson his entire career, owned, uh, you know, was the CEO of his own business, was in financial services and insurance, and then now actually is a co-CEO of, a, of an awesome uh, sales training, coaching, consulting company called The Guide Culture, and we'll talk a little bit about that. So I am so excited uh, this is also someone who uh, I just think the best guests are people that are referrals or people that are connected to me through prior guests. So this is someone who is connected to me. If you want to go back and listen to Lindsay Mitrosilis's episode, she was great. But this is one of her friends and now I hope uh, one of our uh, good friends of this community. Please welcome none other than Loy Day to the podcast. Welcome, Loy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You, you get an unusual name to start with there, so at least we have that to, to talk about, an unusual name. <laughs> yeah, well, what's behind your name, Loy? What, why did, you know, what, what that, did you, I'm sure your parents question. told you. Yeah, I, I never did really get the answer, but I think I uncovered the answer probably a short couple of years ago. Went through my whole life with this name. It was my dad's name. My parents, his parents named him Loy, L-O-Y, Loy. I never got a chance to ask him or his father why they named him that. But later, I was thinking through it. I think, I think I know why they did that. He had two older brothers. One was named Louie, and the other one was named Roy. I think they put those two names together and came up with Loy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's amazing. That's a great deduction, you know? Like that's that's how any great salesperson would think. Like how how there has to be some answer to this. How do yeah. people think up of a name yeah. out of the blue? And, but it, it turned out um, to be good because my last name is Day, so I have three letters on the first name, three letters on the second name. So it kind of through life has worked out pretty good for me once we get used to the name. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I I'm I'm excited to talk through a lot of different things with you, Loy. I think we share a lot of the same philosophies in sales, and you've been a coach uh, your life, a sales trainer, and a business owner, and entrepreneur. So we'll talk through a lot of that stuff. And I think even a um, I said I think even a school teacher at one one point. And you know, this is all about people who maybe aren't trained necessarily in sales, but all of a sudden, you know, they're in this career and they're like, you know what, what I'm doing, this is. You know, people are getting drawn to me. I have to gain influence. I have to get people to listen to me. I have to connect to people who are not like me. And that is really, you know, I don't know what type of, maybe we can talk a little bit about that school teacher and kind of who you were um, and at you who you are at your core. But that's just all, uh, you know, what, what some people realize it and they get into sales. Some people just, you know, harness, like harness it and then they become a lot more effective at their own careers. But um yeah, maybe Lloyd. Before I get into my signature question, where, when did you realize at a at, at um, 
as a school teacher that you, um, you know, you had, you know, you, you were tasked with the, uh, the ability to, to really connect with people. Can you, you know, go back in time and kind of, um, figure out kind of what, what made that realization to you that you had to really work on some of these skills? Oh, for sure. It, I mean, it's a, it was a major catalyst in my life. I went to high school, I went to college, but, but when I was in high school, I played sports. That was my way of identifying, you know, I could play basketball and baseball and, you know, stand out in my school, in the community. So that gave me my confidence and my identity. And so after high school, I didn't want to give that up. I said, I just want to go to college and do it again. So I walked on to a small college and played what, the only sport I could probably play in college, which was baseball, only because I didn't want to grow up. I just wanted to keep doing that. And then after college, <clears throat> my local community, the town I was raised in, I was back there trying to figure out what to do next. And they had a coaching position open up at a middle school. And since I was involved in the athletic community there, one of the assistant principals came to me and said, hey, we have a coaching job open. You want to take it? And I said, absolutely. I have nothing going. I'm out of school. I'll take the coaching job. And for the next five years, I fell in love with it. I coached middle school football, basketball, baseball. I coached them all, those kids, and it was great. And, of course, in coaching, there's a lot of inspiration in selling and coaching. You're motivating your team every practice and every game. You're strategizing for the game. You're, you know, implementing your plays. It's a great thing. But then after about four or five years of that, I realized this is going nowhere beyond where I am. And I started getting the itch. I need the itch. I wanted to, I would see the guys in the community, the business community, you know, having lunch or just seem like they're having a great time. And I thought, man, I want to be more like that. But I came from a blue collar family, so I'd never really seen that in my life. And so I started playing around with a side hustle as I was coaching. I was going to be a photographer and take some pictures of some local sports teams. And so I went and got bought a camera and started practicing. My pictures were terrible, and I tried to sell them, and it felt so awkward selling those pictures. It just didn't seem right. And so I, I had the itch, but I had no skills. And from there, I had gotten married, and my wife's grandfather mentioned personal development to me. And I thought, there's an idea. And when he mentioned personal development, the first thing that perks, perked into my mind was sales. That's just something that grew from me. I need to go learn how to sell. And I started taking personal development training. Now, this was also right after I started reading scripture. I, I was able to get in church and I started reading scripture. And, and I became really excited about that. So I, when you say, how does this all come together? For me, it was first scripture, the Holy Spirit, or trying to get close in my my faith life, trying to find my religion, which I didn't really have in the right way. And then I started learning the personal development. I had this, it's almost like I need personal development, but I want an emphasis in sales. And that was just for me. It's just what I wanted. I felt like I needed it because I wanted to go be this business owner. That was my kind of vision that I saw. And once I started down that path, I never let up. One thing just led to another, to another, to another. But it stayed on that path because after I 
started with that and started learning to sell and got myself into the business world and, and started seeing that side of things, my eyes started opening up. And then I had an opportunity to see some young guys about my age selling insurance. They, they went and joined nationwide insurance and, and became insurance agents for them. They had a startup program for young people like me. And I approached that situation. I said, I want to do that. And so I got involved and I got hired in that position. And I started selling insurance door to door. Well, basically door to door, cold calling or whatever you do is just from scratch. And it worked. And I started building a, an agency. And then as I brought the staff in, I said, this is the culture I want. So I started teaching sales to this staff twice a year. I would teach it and it became our culture. And we did really well with it. We ran that for 30 years and built up a nice agency. And I just transferred it to my son-in-law's about a year ago. But the whole thing is driven from my scripture reading, personal development, sales skills, creating that culture within the business. That's been the whole thing. And then when my, my kids got out of college, I started introducing it to them. I said, this is the secret sauce. I have the formula, guys. I understand sales, I understand the principles, the values of what we need to go on, how to do this. And I said, you just need to learn this. It took me my whole life to learn this, and I've been documented as I went. Y'all need to learn this. And so I tried to teach it to them. And then Macy, the one that runs Guy Culture, she was starting a little side hustle of her own right after college. And she was struggling. I said, Macy, you need to learn how to sell. You need to sell them. You've got to sell. You can't just share your story. You have to sell it. And after she resisted for a while, then she came back. She said, okay, what I'm doing is not working. Teach me. And I taught her my system, which is what we teach in the agency year after year after year. And she came back two or three months later and said, this is working. My numbers have quadrupled since we started this. And she said, Dad, let's package this and sell this to everyone. This is what people don't know this. And that's where it started. And so we started, we spent about a year putting it all together because I had the notes, I had the material. And she had the she had the drive to put this together. She had a community that was willing to follow her. She's a great leader. People follow her. And you put the program together, which is extremely powerful and her influence of her community. And they started taking this program and we're seeing wins all over the place with this program. And so that's how it has happened. Here we are. Wow, it's a great road. It's a great story. There's a lot in there. We're gonna talk a little bit about the guide culture. Maybe you can give people a little bit of a taste of kind of what that framework is. But I think anybody can you know, honestly say that if they're listening to this, people are gonna probably go, okay, I, I need to know like, I, I love when you said, like, you can't just share your story, you have to sell the story. Because I think, you know, people have a huge distinction around that. People, like, hear the word selling or sales, you got to sell it. And they just think, okay, I'm, you know, I got to I gotta push it. I got to talk about the, like, all these benefits. And I got to really pump it up. I got to, they just have a misconception about, like, what, that is. And, and maybe she had that fear too. Like she just was like, I just want to, I don't, I don't want to uh, come across as I'm a salesperson. I don't want to come across as I'm selling. I want to come across as an authentic person. And I want to come across as I'm 
you know, just um, me, right? But those thing, two things can coexist. And I think some people, you know, think it's like a bargain between either either one, like selling versus versus sharing. So, you know, before I get into that, Lloyd, like I, I, I love to ask people this question to begin before we get into kind of like your philosophy and like the God culture and everything. But it just made me think like, I, I believe that you know, selling is a very human pursuit. It's something we all have the capability of doing when when we we look at sales through the lens of human connection. So, you know, when I when I say the term to you, like, and and that's the this is the podcast, the the title of the podcast. Um, when I say the term to sell some sell go sell something, but sell it by being human. What does that come to mind to you, and and how would you define that way of of selling? <laughs> The thing you started this with is, is that selling is inauthentic or selling is not being yourself. Selling is doing something to people that they don't want or need. So the conception that or the perception that that is selling is something that I've never even heard of or believed. I didn't know that people thought that because to me, it's just the opposite. Selling is being authentic because if you don't believe it yourself, how in the world are you going to sell it? And if you do believe it and you think something is that valuable, that great, it's been that great for me, I see the value. I see how good it is. I see how it can help you. If you see that and then you don't try to help someone else see that, which is inauthentic, not sharing it or sharing it. So selling is being human. It's being authentic. Now, if you're trying to sell something you don't believe in, then you're a con artist. You're not a salesperson. So sales is, it, as far as I'm concerned, is highly spiritual. It's, it's at the highest level of how we can operate because it's doing the right thing for the right people at the right time because we believe in it and we care about it. That's what selling is. So I don't know where we get this. It's inauthentic or it's not, it's not the right thing to do. It's an obligation to share what's important with someone in my opinion yeah i i completely agree i love how you said you're actually uh the second person in just a few weeks that has uh framed it up in a very similar way bob berg uh who wrote the go-giver said the same thing if you're selling it to somebody something that you don't believe in or that someone doesn't want or need well that is not selling that is being a con artist <laughs> because they they that you're you're trying to to fit you're you're trying to um, manufacture value or you're trying to um um you know uh, uh like um yeah it's artificial value right so uh, i saw you post the other day something about like the difference of um you know like um actually bringing value and um you know, just communicating value or something like that. Well, we, so often, we, there's a difference between you know. bringing value and building value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because in, in in the world of sales, it's not always a quick a quick process. It's not like mm -hmm. you're going to the ice cream store and I want chocolate or vanilla. Which one are you going to sell me? Sometimes it's a long building process for someone to start buying into what you believe or what you're trying to say, and so. We hear a lot in the community now, in this community that we're in, about add value. Go and add value wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Add value. Mm -hmm. 
And we believe that in selling, you're not necessarily, you do add value, but you add value by building the value of what's important. If you see something's important, like we believe the guide culture is the secret sauce. We think it would help so many people. And we believe it strongly. I mean, deeply to our core, we know how valuable this is. There's been too many wins in here for it not to be. And so we have an obligation to build the value of guide culture over and over and over so the masses can eventually start to see the same value that we see. And so that's what we mean by building the value in something and, and continue to build it if you believe it's there. Yeah. I, 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 you know, what, what I heard and resonated with me is just, you know, it is something that compounds. It's not just like a one-time thing. You don't always, uh, sometimes with, with anything, whether it could be something with your work, whether it could be getting a new job, whether it's trying to get your kids to, you know, sit down for dinner or something. It's not, sometimes it's not just a one-time thing. Maybe you're, you're trying to convince your, your, your spouse to go on a trip or, or give you some extra money to buy something nice for you, right? It's not just like a one-time ask. Like that's just asking or order tech. Like that, that isn't selling. That, that's just, you know, pitching or presenting as opposed to truly building value where you can kind of, you know, ask the right questions. You can determine what's valuable. I mean, it's a skill to build value and people kind of confuse, okay, what, I don't understand, uh, Loy, like what is value? Like it's, 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 you know, okay. I, okay. You know, I've heard the the term price is what you pay value is what you get, but you know, what, what, what is, you know, what should I be thinking about when I'm thinking about building value? So like, what do you teach? What do you teach when you're, you're, you're kind of talking to your students about coaching them on, you know, finding ways to, to, yeah. Well, one of the things that our program brings to the table is a process. We give you a communication process and it's a five step process including how to handle the problems, how the objections, the doubts. Within that process, the, what we call the workhorse, the most valuable piece of the process is what we call, we call the increased value section. And during the increased value, we give you a very specific way of how you build value around something. And do you know that buyers, they need three or four things to make a decision. First of all, it needs to be emotional. They need to want it in their heart. They need to want it emotionally. And then secondly, they need to logically make it make sense. So they justify it logically after they want it emotionally. It's not the other way around. They emotionally see the pull, then they try to decide, is this logically going to make sense? And if it's emotional, if the emotional pull is there, you will find all kinds of ways to justify it logically. I know that you and I both have bought things, have done things that didn't make a lot of sense logically, but the emotional pull was there strong enough that we made it make sense in our minds. So you need the emotion, you need the logic, but then you need some credibility. You need some evidence to back up what was just said. You might need some third-party testimony, third-party testimony, or you may need some things like that to start seeing the value, the logical, the emotional, the proof and many ways we can find that is by learning more about what we're selling or what we believe in the grow, the deeper we grow in our product knowledge the more we learn 
the more details, the more nuances, the more down the rabbit trails, the more of an expert we can become at whatever we do. Then we start building the enthusiasm really within ourselves. We start seeing all this and we see it as more valuable, even ourselves, as we learn more about it. And if we don't, we need to quit selling it. But if we do, then you start adding all those together. You start building the bag. Here's this little piece of evidence. Here's some logic and some motion to help you tie this together to see how it all fits in your life. And so that's how we do it. But typically, though, you need to know what the customer is thinking. You need to be curious and understand, you know, be empathy, empathetic with them. So when you understand the customer, what their needs and wants and desires are, then you can build, you know, your logic, your emotion and your evidence with some credibility around all that, you start building the value. Over time, you know, you can just build all kinds of value around anything. Yeah. I think the key with that is, is yeah, like you could do those little, the, that three-step process over and over again, you know, like it's just, you know, connect emotionally to this thing in this future state, you know, the difference from where they are now to where they're going, you know, and why they're bought in. Like what, what, what does it mean for them personally? You know, like what, how are they going to feel? What's it, how is it going to change? Well, like what's, what's your life going to look like that sort of thing. Right. And once they're emotionally bought in, then that logical thing, Hey, like this will the, you know, save time. It will increase, you know, um, efficiency there it'll save costs there it'll it'll consolidate things here right like the business you know uh, business logic and then you know cr- credibility using those case studies that it's not like you just have to do that one time you, you could keep doing that that r- just rinse and repeat over and over again so you're not just it's not just like you're adding value um you know it's additive right a one-time thing it's but, it's but a process in in order to do that, what must you do? You, you must be totally engrossed in that. You must be so into it. You become part of it. Is We believe that it's hard to sell more than one thing. Either you believe you, you're totally bought in, you believe this one thing, and you're putting your life into this, or you're trying to sell all these different things. You don't really have any deep meaning to any of them. So we believe in order to do that, to go deep, and to really be good at it, you've got to be into it. You've got to really be part of what you're doing. It's got to be something that you're totally involved in. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, shifting gears a little bit, like I'm curious to know stories of people that come to you, like even your co-CEO. I, I, it's amazing to me, like your co-CEO who now is totally bought in. She's teaching this to other people. In the beginning, she was skeptical. She was like, you know, I'm good. I'm going to you know, share my story. Uh, maybe she had a misperception about what sales was. So tell me a little bit about um, her story, if you can. I don't know. Like, uh, obviously, she she can you know tell her story for her. But yeah, I'm curious about where where that shift. Where you think she found um, that you know her beliefs about sales were maybe a little misguided, and then like that this was starting to work for her. Like, I don't know what you're able to say about like how she changed her approach from sharing to selling. Yeah. And kind yeah, of I've heard Kat's like. story several times. Just an awesome yeah. story. First of all, Kat and Macy both were they're very talented, they're personable, and they both tried to. Kat's just like Macy, and it's just like myself. So, I mean, I was going out trying things and falling flat on my face until I found these techniques and principles that we teach. Mason right. was doing that. Well, Kat was doing the same thing. She had gotten her degree. She's a dietitian. She tried, um, she tried to go out in private practice. That didn't work. She went to work for a corporation. She didn't like it. 
She tried multi-level marketing. She was falling flat on her face, just kind of like Macy was. And then she was in the second cohort. She was the second group to take this training that Mason and I put together. And after she took it, her numbers started quadrupling as well, just like Macy. And she said, this is the secret sauce. I have discovered something that works. I've discovered what's making it. And so she just started blossoming everywhere she went. And then, and she stayed involved. She, she did it online. Then we started trying to do it in person. And I remember her coming to Macy and say, I will be at every in-person event y'all have. Just count on me. I will be there. And so she came to like one, two, three. Then, and she was always speaking up in class and all that, having ideas. And then the next thing you know, we've got her up on the stage speaking some, trying to help teach them some. And then the next thing you know, Macy's like, hey, we, I want to bring Kat on board. And Kat was, you know, we were, she was not in the budget. But at the same time, with that kind of talent, you don't pass it up either. So Kat said, yes, I'm all in. I know this is secret sauce. And Kat's heart is so big. She's a huge heart. She's spiritually powerful. She speaks so well. She has her thinking process, her analogies, her stories. It's just remarkable. And she says, I know this, and I want to help people. I know these people need this, and I want to help them. And boy, has she been a huge addition. Now, here's something that you can't make sense of. Well, Kat and Macy were from the same county. Now, they didn't really know each other in high school or anything, but they have the same exact date of birth. Their social security numbers are only two digits apart. They were born in the same hospital at the same time. They were married on exactly the same day. They both went to the same school, UGA, and there may be something else. There's three or four things right in there. They are identical twins almost. Is that not fascinating? And they didn't know each other. And they didn't know each other, but after they get together, they discover all these things. But that's how Kat, it was the same story as myself and Macy and Kat. It's like, we discovered this and it changed us for the better. And um, now we're just trying to share it with the world. That's great. Well, yeah, help people understand maybe kind of what were some of the core concepts. Like, why is this, you know, different than other sales trainings maybe you've been a part of? And, um, you know, what do you think the appeal was for, um, for Kat and Macy when they started like um, getting results? Like, yeah. like, yeah, I think it is different. I really do. And when Macy came to me, he said, okay, Dad, let's put this together. Let's put together a program for, for the people. And I said, okay, Macy, we can do this, but we can only do this if it's going to work. And it's only going to work if we create an environment to help people practice and really learn it, to go out and teach it and throw it out an online course to them and do all this. I said, if you do that, nobody's really going to do it. They're not going to make it work. Because Macy came to me, I said, okay, Let's take this a week at the time. Come to me. I'm going to train you a little bit. Then don't you go out all week and practice what I teach you. Then come the next week, we want to add to it. And we kind of build it over weeks so she can go use it as we did it. So the way we created the training, we created now it's up to an eight-week training. We feed you content for about an hour, and we give you a specific skill or technique that you can say. We teach you exactly how to say it to increase the bank to put in the logic, the emotion, the evidence. We'll put it all together and say, say it just like this. Put your content into the in here, whatever you're working on, in this structure that we give you. 
And then after we teach it, we tell them to put it together and practice. Then we come together as a lab. We call it a lab, like a science lab. And we have a coach. Then the students say this to the coach, and the coach coaches them on it. They try to improve it. And everybody watches each other gets coached for about seven people in the lab plus the coach. And then the next week we do it again with a, with a new concept. And, and we kind of build on that and we make them continue to practice it. And then we say, now go out and use it in this week in, your, in the world. Go out and use it, then come back. And that process seems to be working. They build great connections. They start growing confidence because they're saying it like in a safe environment. And uh, then they go out and start saying in the world, they're trying it. They're seeing things that work. They're getting, you know, it's just, it works the way we're doing it. And then the spirit is so good. Everybody is so helpful. The spirit is a community, a culture. It's really a culture. And, um, and that works. It's working. And people, now we have an after-graduate program called Academy. And the, the, the people are just staying in Academy. They're getting so much value in Academy because we continue on. You, you never end trying to get better. You're always either getting better or worse. You never stand the same. So this culture has really grown into something powerful, but I think that's the way it works. Plus it's the people. And when we first started, they said, how do we scale it? How do we scale it? And my, and my comment was all just scale the spirit, scale the belief, scale the helping people, scale the spirit of what we stand for. You know, what sales really is that kind of a spirit versus trying to hit the numbers. The numbers will come. As Truett Cathy said in Chick-fil-A one time, he said, we just need to get better. If we get better, the customers would demand that we get bigger. And that's kind of the philosophy that we take with it. Yeah, I like it. Well, you know, what are what are some of the things that you see, you know, salespeople get wrong when you like get into, you know, a new person comes in or maybe they've had like maybe it's a trained salesperson that's had a lot of training in their career, you know, and then, um, you know, maybe they've had some success in their career and maybe it's not necessarily they're getting something wrong. It's just they're they're missing out on what could be better if they were maybe like uh, approaching it a, a certain way that doesn't necessarily mean um, they haven't been successful. Maybe they've been successful in their career, but they just have this blind spot. What, it, what do you think the blind spot that most salespeople might have, or may, maybe most people might have that they just don't know enough uh, about that maybe your process might, might help them teach? Uh, I think people could have different blind spots. Some of the ones that I might think of would be, well, one of our, one of our topics is we, we, we say, hey, I know your purpose. I can give you your purpose. Everybody's looking for a purpose in their life. And we say, I can give you your purpose. I know your purpose. All you're looking for is your passion. Your purpose is to love and serve other people. That's your purpose. Don't worry about your purpose. Now go out and do that in a way that you have, that you get excited, that you have a passion, that you're pretty good at. Uh, so when people come with attitude, my job is to go love and serve you and take care of you. Take care of the customer first, last, and always. My rewards will fall into place some way, somehow, but I have to take care of the customer. Whether, you know, either you need this product or you don't. If you don't need it, I need to tell you, you don't need this. So that's the first thing is, is get that mentality of our role is simply to take care of the customer and do what's right for them. And I don't like any, any hidden things. I think everything needs to be out in the open. If, if there's some problems with something or some, some objections, then we just got to sell enough value to overcome what's there. So it's okay to lay out the negative along with the positive and just sell the positive if it's there. 
can go above that. So it's really taking, and the other part is we have to work on ourselves first. If we make ourselves better and we continue to improve who we are from the inside out, and that's going to show, it's going, people are going to pick that up. You can't hide that kind of a thing. And uh, then the other thing, maybe some techniques, because they, they know all that, but they need some tests, some specific ways to say this so that it's smooth and it comes across good and it's understandable. And, and so we give them some great techniques, what we call the guide method. We can walk you through the whole method so you know at any point in time where you are in the process, where you need to jump to to get back into where you need to be. So that method, that the system really helps a lot. And maybe it's product knowledge. Maybe people have a surface level of product knowledge and they go deeper and they learn more about the product. Um, and maybe it's getting curious. Much of the issue is you have to know your customers, you have to find the problems. Unless there's a problem to solve, they don't really need you. So being really good at getting curious and asking those questions, being empathetic. So it's all that process. Who knows where you're stumbling by? Maybe you're not prospecting enough. You know, you can't get away from the hard work. You must do the prospect and you have to do the work. And that's probably the one thing that sets everybody across. If you do the work, you'll find a way to make it happen if you want it bad enough. So maybe it's just a little motivation, you know, you gotta get up there and do the work, help them get fired up to do that. So it can be a lot of different things. Um, so I don't know if there's any one stumbling block, but I know that this process has really helped a lot of people. If you'll go do the work, there's no substitute for that. Yeah. How about those people out there that are thinking, you know what, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm not ready to jump all in to do like a huge course on sales and I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make a little change. You know, I'm, I'm a school teacher, I'm a dietitian, like, um, I'm a graphic designer. Right. And I don't know that I need, like, I don't have a quota that I'm trying to meet. I don't have like sales numbers I'm trying to hit. I just want to to, you know, you know, I, I want to build more influence at my, in my place of work. I want to better connect with my customers. You know, are, is there something like that could at least get somebody started? You know, if they're not like, you know what, I don't know if I can justify, you know, getting to this, even though they, they, they may be, you, you, you could probably justify it, but maybe it's just like a, a small shift that people can make and to think about, um, you know, what they're doing a little bit differently to gain more influence or, you know, maybe, um, to gain, um, like more, you know, to inspire people. Like, can you think of some things you might have people do either with their personal you know, work on themselves or, um, subtle shifts that they can make? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll give you a sell on why they should still take this training and then I'll give you some things they can do without taking the training. Yeah. One thing that we've discovered with people that have taken the training, sometime in the middle of the training, or sometime after, or sometimes early on, just any time in the process, it opens up their mind and, the, and their eyes. They start seeing all these different things that they can do that they want, and they get really excited about things that they didn't know that they were excited about. So. The training itself can really open your eyes. We've had moms just come in and say, I just want to be a better mom. I want to be able to sell my child to eat her broccoli. I want to be able to sell my child to get in bed and get in the bathroom they're supposed to. I want to be a better mom. As a matter of fact, the, the person that runs our coach's program, who is phenomenal, phenomenal, and that coach's program is phenomenal. 
Well, she came the first time because she wanted to be a better mom. She had teenage kids and she was felt like she was struggling, connecting with them. And she has gotten on fire and now she's doing all kinds of things. But her initial react thing was, I just want to be a better mom. I need this training. Wow. So I would say you still want it, even if you don't have a quarter to me. Uh, secondly, if you want to try to have some, make some changes or, or something, it would be the personal development. The, we teach people to, I believe strongly in reading scripture. I think there's power in scripture. I think we need that as the first and most important part of our life. That's been the my thing first and foremost always, trying to be close to Jesus and all that, just continuing that relationship. That's always the first thing. And the second thing, uh, a book that meant a lot to me, it's, a, it's an audible series you can listen to or you can buy the book or both. We recommend both. Is a book called The Psychology of Winning by Dennis Waitley. It's probably three hours on Audible. It's a pretty short read. And the first time someone gave it to me, it really turned me around as far as getting, starting to believe in myself and seeing new ideas. The guy that handed it to me said, Lloyd, it was an Audible. It was a cassette series of it was on cassette at the time. He said, listen to me seven times without stopping, seven times over and over and over and over without stopping. Because see, that kind of material, if it's that good, it needs to get into your subconscious. You've got to listen to it over and over. So I'd say get the psychology of winning and listen to it seven times. Read the book seven times. And I'm dead serious when I say that. And the other thing, you know, we've got a book out. Mason Cat wrote a book called The uh, Persuade for Good. It's a great book. It may be free on if you go to the website or something, but that's another book they can read. Otherwise, it's just it's, uh, personal development, or, or you can tune into a lot of the guide culture. We have uh, Instagram, Thriving Instagram program, and there's a lot of content there. And Mason Cat put out a lot of free content, uh, webinars and things like that. Just get as much as you can, and then at some point in time, when you jump in to take the course, then you'll see a real eye-opening opportunity. It's amazing. I mean, um, I don't know if you're willing to, to 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 divulge this, but you know, I can't even picture. I because I've had a lot of moms that, or like, um, I've had mothers, I've had parents that you know have said the same things. It's like you know, selling is is absolutely a life skill that a that a parent must possess. But for somebody to actually, you know, take a training not centered on necessarily being a better mom, but better connecting with your children, that is. Uh, a specific technique. So I'm curious, like, are there questions? Are there, are there stories that that mom gave you of, of, or, you know, maybe one of your students gave you of, you know what, like we used to, I used to fight with my kids or I used to like butt heads with my employee, or I did, I used to, you know, uh, maybe not see eye to eye with my spouse. And you know what, like after tracking your training, I may be, said something this way, or I did something this way, or this situation played out differently because of, you know, are you able to share any, any, any stories? I'm just kind of curious because like, that's fascinates me that every, you know, just anyone, I, I truly believe anyone has these skills inside of us. It's not something you're born with. It's not something that's just totally innate. People think that you have to have the gift of gab to be a, an amazing salesperson. That's just totally not true. Um, you've seen it. You just said like a mom was like, I want to be a better mom and, and was able to do it through, through your training. So yeah, curious if there's any, anything that comes to mind that, um, that someone actually applied. Uh, well, well, first of all, you're doing. right. It is a skill and a skill is something that you learn. So you're exactly right about that. 
And the gift of gab, the person that talks all the time, is not the salesperson. The salesperson is the one that listens and asks the great questions and listens and learns from the other person. It's not the talker. So the gift of gab is not the gift of selling. 100% so the gift agree. Of, uh, one example, as a matter of fact, this coach, the, 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 uh, the uh, Sarah, the, the person that runs the coaches program, she told us the story that her son, her youngest son, was a pretty good athlete, you know, you know, elementary, middle school, pretty good athlete. He's a football player. And he was going into the next school, whatever the next school was. And he, he came to his mom and said, Mom, I just don't play football anymore. She said, why? Why? She, and, and so, but what she did, and she learned this from her sales. And when we talked about it, it's not about sales, it's about listening and asking the right questions, learning what the problem is, getting to the root of the issue. And she, and with her skills of getting to the root of the issue, she, she found out that the reason he didn't want to play football was because he didn't know where the locker room was. He was ashamed to say, I don't know where the locker room was. I don't know how to get there. I'm in this new school. And all he said was, I don't want to play football anymore. But by using these skills and still saying, well, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Blah, blah, blah. She said, why? She started asking why, 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 why? And the bottom line was he didn't know how to get to the locker room. Now, that's a skill that you learn through the process of the labs and learning. And I'll say another thing, in one of the specific trainings that we have, and it's probably worth the price of admission all by itself, is it's called what we call handling doubts, D-O-U-B-T-S, doubts or handling objections, handling the problems, handling the hesitations. That one skill is worth the price of admission because that's how you head off these problems. Uh, once you learn how to shift a, a confrontational situation into a I'm on your team situation, then everything changes. And you know, we hear stories about that all the time. As a matter of fact, uh, Teddy, who is Lindsay's husband, he was taking the training. I was coaching him. And she told me later, he said, I've decided that this training I'm learning is is going to make me a better husband, whether it makes me a better salesperson or not. I'm learning skills that helps me be a better husband. And it's things like that. How do I connect with you and find out what's going on with you without arguing with you and then getting on your side and let's work it out together. It's those kind of skills that uh, we hear over and over and over. We had this one person early on in the, in the training because we teach them this technique on how to win friends, how to make friends, how to have a conversation, how to get to know people and, and be the, the best conversationalist in the room because all you're really doing is asking questions, getting to know the other person. She said, I've never really been able to make friends very well. And I've moved into this new town and I was sitting at the manicure place and I had someone beside me and I started using these techniques to talk to this person and like just getting to know them better, find out more about them. I'm genuinely interested in them instead of myself. And she said, I want you to know from that conversation, I'm now having dinner with her and her friends. And I used to be the person that couldn't really make friends. She said that one shift made me friends. And now I'm having dinner, dinner hours with people. It's just all these little things. You don't know where they're going to hit, when it's going to click. There's just so much in this training. It's always going to click for someone somewhere and usually in a lot of different ways. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it's so powerful because, um, you know, this stuff is really infinite, that, like how this kind of stuff can play out in real life. And I bet you it's it has to be uh, super rewarding when you hear stories like that of like maybe there was a, a change that you helped someone you were maybe you were the catalyst for someone to make a, an interaction like that happen. And maybe because of that interaction, then, you know, that person meets somebody or falls in love or, you know, finds a job and or does all me. sorts of things is that we're not doing this. They're doing it. They're doing it themselves. They're doing the work. We're just throwing in some content that we have, you know, and they're what makes it happen. So I'm not, I don't take any credit, uh, but it's great to see. It's definitely great to see. It is extremely rewarding. And you hear those wins, those, those success stories. It's very rewarding, you know, to hear it. It's a great uh, name of the company because it's how, how I think in sales, because I think, you know, the best salespeople aren't, um, you know, just educating and teaching and, 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 and coming from this place like high above of knowing all this information, all they're doing is walking alongside and with the uh, buyer and, and guiding them. Um, maybe that is not to your solution. Maybe that's away from your solution. Maybe it's toward it. Maybe it's toward something um, completely different, but um, you're, you're really there to, to, to learn about them and probably even learn a little bit about yourself and um, what you're offering. Because if you're learning as much as 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 your customer or the buyer, or the person on the other end, then they're more comfortable about you know telling you more information and and seeing as your person worth talking to and and um, and and with. So um, you know, I, I love that like what you're teaching is is truly guiding people along that path, whatever that learning what that path is and guiding them and walk, walking alongside them and not taking credit for uh, getting there, but um, just being a, another voice that can help maybe ed, you know, give them some perspective on how to get there. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Um, well, Lloyd, it's been a, a real pleasure. Like I know at the end of these things, um, my whole thing with this podcast is that we all have these um, these, these things that make us us and that connect us to other, you know, human beings in sales and, and people that look at sales through the lens of, 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 of what they can bring to the forefront and who they are as people, I feel like are, are people that succeed. So this is just going to be a fun question about you, Loy. Um, so if I asked your, your wife, your daughter, people closest to you, um, what is just something about Loy that is just, you know, so totally Loy? Maybe it's something that could only and would only happen to Loy, or maybe it's just something that only you do. Um, what, what might they tell me, Loy, about, about you? Well, Loy is one of these guys that I'm fully an inspiration person. I fly from the seat of my pants. Now, I'm very careful and cautious not to get myself in too deep of trouble as far as financially or something like that. I'm cautious that way. But when I say I want to do something, I just make a move. I go do it. You know, I, I kind of fire their name, you know, kind of the guy. So I'm always just in a hurry doing my thing, you know, all these things. I'm working from the heart, wearing my emotions on my sleeves. But one thing that comes from all that is I'm always spilling something on myself. May put some ketchup on my shirt or may cut myself bleeding, you know, shaving and bleeding. I'm always going to have something on me somewhere. Stain. <laughs> and my son-in-law the other day, he had spilled something on him. He said, I pulled a lawyer, you know, he had something on his pants or something. But I'm one of these guys, I'm just a little bit sloppy like that. I don't have time to worry about those kind of details. You know? uh -huh. so I think that would be a lawyer move. <laughs> 
I like it. That is a great move, Loy. I'm my 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 wife is incensed. Like, why do you have that stain there? Why are you just rolling around like you don't even care? I'm like, you're the only one looking at it. Nobody care. I'm in my own house. What 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 would I care about? Uh, I got way more things in the world to care about than a small uh, you know stain on my shirt. Um. Well, that's that's great, Loy. Well, where can people learn more about the guide culture? What you and um your daughter and, and the great community is all about where, where should they connect with you and find more about you? Yeah. I mean, the, at the guide culture on Instagram is definitely the best place. That's where most all the content is. And that directs you to the web page. I guess the web page is guideculture.co co. Mm-hmm. And that's got all the sales page and all the testimonies and a lot of good content on there too. So, the guide culture at Instagram or guideculture.co on on the uh, webpage. We have a LinkedIn, but we're not as active there. We're trying to play with that. We have a Facebook. We also have, we have a community Facebook group, but Instagram or, or webpage are the two best places. Awesome. Well, I can attest, I mean, just looking into it, this is for sale, you know, full on sales teams this is for individuals and in sales this is for people not even with sales in your job title. Um, you're just looking to, you know, gain better influence at the people you work with and work alongside every day. Um, and so check it out um, at all that stuff and all the info is uh, going to be in the notes. So, uh, Loy, thank you so much. And um, thank Lindsay for uh, for connecting us. I'm, I'm so glad to talk to you today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you as well. All right. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.